truth and honesty, okay. you are a very mature uh, businessman. Yeah. So tell yeah. us a little bit about um, some of your businesses. Yeah. Um, inform the community what you're doing. Well, my first love, of course, was cutting hair and being a professional barber, barber instructor. Um, I started out in the basement of the house and up to, well, not the basement, more so in the kitchen house where the projects um, they work my way upstairs to the room and then into my own shop. You know what I mean? From there, I, I ran the barbershop for years and ended up becoming the president of the board of cosmetology and barbering, which, you know, help with the rules and stuff. You know how it is. You got to be at the table to make the rules. That's right. Um, so my first love is, is barbering. I've been cutting hair for over oh, 30 years, honestly. Wow. 30 years, yeah. So, so I'm more so uh, in the fourth quarter of winging my way out of it. Not because I don't love it or not. Like I love, well, I still love cutting hair to this day. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but I just felt like, felt like, um, I feel like I've done it enough. Um, my daughter is now a professional barber, professional stylist, and an instructor. So okay. she runs his image now. Can can she do yeah. my hair? Absolutely, she does everything. She's a barber and stylist. Oh, that's she wonderful. Has no, she has all of my strength and none of my weaknesses. So shout <laughs> to my daughter, Tara Marie. Tara Marie is a monster down there at um his image barber lounge. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I believe in woman power. So I love yeah. Tiara. I love her. What she's doing. I love oh, that she took good. over. Yeah. What is typically dominated by a male energy yeah. barbershop yeah. and we've got a strong woman doing it like yeah. uh times have changed it's 2022 yeah 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 and, <laughs> and you say you podcast too so okay i want to talk about that yeah. but really quick just real fast tell us mm. about this transportation service can i get a ride Oh, uh, no, we only do um, schools, you know, oh. I mean? so, and we only do drivers, but you know, the transportation is going through right now with, um, you know, lack of drive, we need drivers, you know what I mean? So a lot of times we need drivers. So we do uh, transport charter schools and alternative schools. We do a lot of that, um, but we still look for drivers. So easy transit, look for drivers. Um, if company, somebody wanted to apply, how would they go about doing that with you? Or they just go to easytransit.com. You know what I mean? Easytransit.com. Or, or, or hit me up on Facebook or all that stuff. So, yeah. Okay. I'm looking for drivers. And um, you're on Facebook under Derek Reed. Derek D. Reed. So, Derek yeah, D. Reed. You know, they got to have my tag. So, <laughs> Derek, Derek D. Reed. Most people know me as D. Reed now. And I'm cool with it. I, it's, it's a good name. It's shorter. Yeah. Derek D. Reed. D. I'm Reed. Cool. D. Reed. D. Reed. Like okay. D. Um, D. Reed. But, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. So, and then the contracting company. Yeah. We do full renovations, commercial and residential. Now that's my baby right there. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean You're gonna pick up a hammer and no, a nail. I do no work. I'm a general contractor, so I'm more so I'm the quarterback. Okay, so yeah, I didn't think you were going to pick yeah. up a hammer and a nail. Yeah, trust, that's, I don't think that's Trust you. is uh, certified and licensed bonded in Delaware, Pennsylvania, and Jersey. And we have um, different um, satellite um, in, in each state. And you have workers that work for you. All the workers, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. So you know this show, Make Some Intelligent Noise, you know, uh, is all about making some intelligent noise. Because we as black yeah. folks, we're really good at making noise. But how about making some intelligent noise? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I wanted to talk about, and I have been, uh, I built a movement on talking about all things restorative justice. Okay. And so my question would be right there. Uh, in the construction and perhaps the transportation, do yeah, are you so. felon friendly? Will you hire people coming home from prison? Without a doubt, hundred percent. Um, when I was on the board of cosmetology, I was over in Gander Hill for maybe a good six months every month. Well, like once a month for six months. Why? Because we're trying to establish a barbershop inside of the, not Gander Hill, Howard Young, it's called Howard Young uh, Prison, and um, we actually did that so they can have barbershops inside of the prison. Not only that. 
we wanted to make them easier for them to get licensed to be able to do barbering or cosmetology when they get out. So of, the transition yeah, will so be I, seamless. I'm not only seamless. saying that I'm 100. percent I'm putting my you know my words on yeah. to to You're work. You're putting your money where your mouth, mouth is, and then you know that no, we're really not. We're trying to help them because at one time you probably don't even notice that there were certain crimes on the list when it comes down to barbering and styles that if you had any of these felonies, you couldn't get your license. I've always had a problem with that because if you served your time and done what you're supposed to do, you did, you know what I mean? You paid your debt to society. That's right. That's so right. it was still holding guys back on certain things where they couldn't get a barber license. So when I became board president, I actually um, helped facilitate the bill that was going going to legislation and get signed to say, now nah, we're taking all the crimes let's all. Yeah. The only thing that I know that we did leave on there was something to protect children against you know, pedophiles, stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, yes. you know, you know, we got to protect the children. But so. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many more areas that we could use that right. in. So do you ever see yourself as maybe becoming an advocate? Well, you are an advocate, but yeah, absolutely. being an advocate for restorative justice? Always. I think we all, um, not all, but most of us that have a passion and care for community and also people getting a second chance. You know what I mean? And that's me. I come from the project, so I lived around those type of things, those people who make mistakes and stuff like that. Um, I lived around that all my life. You know, I have people in my family. Um, and number one, I think everyone deserves a second chance. That's number one. Number two, if you pay your debt to society, you should be held accountable to other stuff. You know, we shouldn't stop. Oh, you. but but it's the people's judgments. People are so good at yeah. making judgments against other people. I agree. Um, and it's it's really very prevalent in our more affluent communities because right. they don't know what it is to live down here in the city or what it's like oh, yeah. to live in our world. Yes, or, yeah, to have a second chance. Sometimes we need a second chance. People make mistakes, you know, and it's not all their fault sometimes. You know, your upbringing got a lot to do with it. You know, you talk yeah. about people that, that not only not have just one parent, some of them had no parents. Right. What about that? You know what I mean? And then how about the systems that have been put in place for hundreds yes. of years yes. to make sure that they're non-successful? I I say that all the time. If um, you know, does racism still exist? Of course it does. But what more so exists is the systemic racism that still exists that was placed in you know in effect years ago. And now you still now that's a problem. The second problem is older people that are still trying to uphold that. Because mm. I'm gonna be honest, it's not racist as if it was back in the day. You know, what I mean, yeah. we come a long way from that. Yes. But it still exists because you got some people that are in leadership and power. They're still holding on to the old systems, mm -hmm. and that's the problem. Because our kids growing up with different races now. Oh, they love white each family. other. I have a white grandson. You know what I mean? Yes, He's yes. not going to know too much about racism unless right. it goes into somebody outside the world. But these kids, they not, they're not knowing too much about that. As a high school teacher, yeah. I think that was one of the places. My children actually taught me the, about real racism versus real love. Right. You know, it was right. those 14, 15, and 16, 17-year-old kids who taught me about how to love regardless of their, they, they didn't care what sex you were, what your right. sexual orientation right. was, or your preferences. They, their whole thing was, if you love me, you respect me, you dig me yeah. and you treat me that way, then I can treat you that way. I can work with you on that level. Right. Uh, and I learned so much from them. That was one of the greatest things I've ever learned in my life was, yeah. was those children, what they taught me. Yeah. So it is the old systemic the old Jim system. Crow. And the old people that's holding on to it. Yes, the like, people. like yeah. our judges. Yeah. Many like, of our sitting bench judges are over the age of 55 
560, which means they came up in an era that I came in, in the mm-hmm. 60s. We know how things were rocking out in the 60s. If you don't, let me just say two words, Black Panther, yeah. okay? Right. Uh, and that really that really says a lot about the 650s, 60s, 70s, yes. 80s. Yeah. You know, the war on drugs, all of that came in. Yeah. So those people are still sitting on the bench. There's Some of them are still sitting in political Yes. Uh, seats. Yes. Higher ups. Higher. Ups. Yes. Uh, we're trying yes. to hold on to this old system, this old way. How do we dismantle yep. that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, it, it's, it's very hard because some stuff, I'm going to be honest, it, it becomes a culture. And I tell people all that that's a culture. You know what I mean? And, and, and contrary to power relief, you can't really change a culture. People don't understand that. Cultures have to die out. For instance, you're that's sick, interesting. And I'm, I'm explaining it right now. We all got cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. Some people, you got an iPhone. Somebody's got an Android. You know, that's a culture that they developed. The iPhone's a culture. That's why I say I don't want no Android because they have gotten you believing that that's the number one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Androids an, are blazing. Android. I like them. I'm, I'm an Android user, yeah. but that's a culture. Now, at one time before these cultures came up. It was a BlackBerry culture. Oh, Everybody yes. had that culture. It was a yes, BlackBerry. Yes, I did, see. did they come in there and destroy BlackBerry? No. They created something better. Well, you know, BlackBerry they was created. just discontinued, what, this week? I believe right. it was this week. They discontinued. There right. are no more Blackberries in the and world. you know why? It's not that they killed BlackBerry or got rid of BlackBerry. They just kept doing something greater. Kept doing something greater until BlackBerry had to do what? Die out. Yes. And that's the problem. You cannot kill a culture. That's embedded. That's what it is. So we have to wait for all the judges over 60 years old to die before we can get some real restorative justice in our courtrooms? That's not true. We got to put younger, more youthful people in place that don't have that same mindset to uphold a systemic racism system. That's a a racist system. So what I'm saying is, even with our culture, we got a lot of stuff that's dealing with us that we can look in the mirror and say, it's some stuff about our culture that's really, I don't know what I can say everything on here, but I'm just letting you know, that's just... Inwardish, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest yes, with you. Yes. But guess what? You're not gonna change that. I don't care what you say. There's always gonna some people that have a mindset that say, I don't That's care. I want to live in the that. hood. I want to be private. I yes. want with the muck. Whatever. It's gonna be people like you're not gonna change wow. that. You're not gonna. It's a culture. Oh So my guess God. what you're gonna have to do? You're gonna have to raise your kids up better. You're gonna think. You're gonna have to change your mentality. Change your mentality. So now you're gonna teach these new kids coming up. That's not the way. You're right. not changing nobody at the certain. I mean, come on now. You know, if you, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I don't know. I mean, and I, I won't go in the details, but I certainly, you know, four years ago, five years ago, when I started this movement, right. I came into it with a lot of my own personal biases and right. and prejudices against this or that. I didn't like. I don't approve, and I don't support certain uh, of course. things. Of course. But since I've been in this movement and met the array and the plethora of people that I've met, Mm -hmm. I've learned so much. It made me a better person. So I've changed. You changed. As a result of doing this movement. Right. I have a greater level of tolerance because now I can love the very things that used to, I found intolerable. I now, I can love and embrace the human being. Right. Maybe not the behavior, but the human being. Exactly. So you changed. Yes. You change, right. Again, that's another thing, and that's a great way I'm glad you pointed out, because all these people that have these ways that we really disagree with, we're not going to change them. So if we can't change them, what can we do? We're going to have to change us. And that's not saying we're doing something wrong, but we got to change the way we deal with certain things. And you said that, and it taught you how to deal with people that, you know, are contrary to your beliefs or how yes. you do things. Yes. You say, you know, I can't change them. I'll start changing myself. Right. And we're not going to change ah, people. I see. Excellent point. That was a yourself. great message. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you brought that all 
way yeah. around. D.D. Reed. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to make it right for you. I'm going to make it right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you got to change this all. Again, I don't have fight in here and try to change cultures. It's, you can't do it. There's yeah. a culture that of racism out here. It's going to have to die out. But how do it die out? we got to start teaching right now the people that's coming up. That's not the way. Okay. And we got to start changing these systems from the ground up. But the people yeah. that already are deep into the culture that they're in, that mm. let's just say mm. the Igorish, the Igor yeah. oh, culture, right? Yeah, the and stuff. and they're just not going to change. Love that they love the Igor um, culture. Yeah. But they're having children. Yes. And they're teaching their children whatever it is that they believe in. Same old way that they've been doing. And then we've got the judges, right? Let's just take go back to them, the 60, 70 year old judges still sitting on the bench who have grandchildren that are trying to teach them their culture. But it is that age grade of kids, again, that are intermingling with each other in the school and at the playground and in the sports arenas. And And so grandmom and grandpop's influence may not be as prevalent. And then that's when we go from there. That's where you get the phrase, it takes a village. Yes. That's when the village come in. That's when the community comes in. Because everything you're saying is 100%. If they have these ignorant ways and all this stuff, and all, as a matter of fact, it's not ignorant as in disrespectful, but they just don't know. They just don't you, know. You don't know. You they can't do know. no better because they don't know, know no better. better. So oh you want to teach God. your kids. So guess what? Now we got to open up community centers and, and places with people who do know better and say, I'm going to have your kids a little bit longer than you have. Why? Because they're going to go to school or go to the community center after school, and they're going to spend a couple hours here. But I'm going to try to impart in them and instill them the right way. Even because I'm telling you, it was some people when I was growing up, I'll go down to play basketball in the community center. They didn't know we were dealing with certain stuff at my house. But I saw certain people that was at the community center that was leaders, and they were going back home to the suburb where they lived. Mm-hmm. They didn't get a nice check being in Kingswood or whatever right. they were doing. And I was like, wow, I want to be like Mr. Such and Such. I'm yeah. like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I didn't want to go home you know, just be broke all the time. So right. <laughs> but that's where the village came in at. You know what I yes, mean? So yes. that's where we come in at. Well, I I don't want to put your business too far out there, but I understand that you do live in a very nice home now, and uh, you're doing all right, and so you've worked your way up from the the basement to the... Absolutely. Thank you. I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but you got the one to. You yeah. gotta want it. You gotta want it. You know what I mean? You and everybody want don't it. want it. So and that's fine. Yeah. You know, people have to understand you have to respect people too where they at. Everybody doesn't want what you want. You know what yes, I mean? You're yes. like, y'all want the house, I want the car, I want this. Guess what? Everybody doesn't want that. You got a battery in your car right now. Do you know it got two plugs on there? One has a plus and one has a negative, and that what makes it work. It's a positive and a, and a negative on your yeah. battery to make it work. Everybody's not going to be positive. So don't get all bent out of shape when you see someone going contrary. They are negative part and you're the positive part. Maybe that's how you feel. Yeah. But it makes this world battery it work. It makes it work. It makes it work. My son used to say that to me all the time. <laughs> how would you know what good is if you've never experienced any bad or hurt or pain? Right. So I know right. you're on a time schedule. So give us okay. a little something on the podcast. I'm thinking oh. the way you're talking to me now, this is how you're going to oh, bring it on out. the podcast, right? Time. We good, we good. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So me and my daughter started a podcast. It comes on Tuesday night on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Um, and then it's on your iPhone. If you go to the iPhone, click on podcast, that purple app. Yes. Just put in Cuts, Convo, Coffee, D-Read. We're on there. So we got a couple. We got 15, 20 shows on there. So, but I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android that you, I well, love. Well, you go to Spotify. So you go right on Spotify. Okay, I've got so Spotify. You go to Spotify or you can go on um, Facebook Live. But me and my daughter always wanted to do... Um, Something to kind of educate people on the hair business as as well as touch on local issues and national issues. So during the uh, lockdown, 
we end up, you know, in the house. You know what I mean? We got mics and, and mixers and all that stuff. So we end up doing a podcast. It's a son and daughter, I mean, a father and daughter, a daughter's uh, podcast called Cuts Combo and Coffee. So we call it Cuts because we come from barbershop, cutting hair. Right. Um, combo call comes from the great conversations that are taking place inside barbershops and salons Ooh. for generations. So Cuts yeah. Combo and then coffee, you know, you drink, drink coffee when you wake up. So Yes. Know. So, you know, Cuts Combo and coffee, uh, Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock on, on Facebook. Okay, I want to tune in and watch that. I'd like to. Oh, yeah. And, and I yeah. definitely got a dovetail off of that. I can say, as a woman who has, you know, who had a son, uh, I have visited many different barbershops looking for that perfect one to cut my son's hair until he was old enough to make his own decision. Right. Sitting there in the barbershop with a magazine upside down, pretending to read it, mm. and really listening to the conversations yeah. taking place in a barbershop. Yes. Oh, my God. And we're bringing that to you. That's what we do. Oh, um, my God. Everything. You can hear almost anything and everything yeah. in a barbershop. Yes. So we talk about political stuff. We talk about religious stuff. We talk about uh, social issues, everything. And we touch on the hair business. Uh, and then we got a segment called The Hots, D-A-H-O-T-S, The Hots. And The Hots talk about national issues. So we talk about everything that's going on nationally. Okay. We touch on that and stuff. It's fun. It's high energy. You know me. I'm high energy. So yeah. Me yeah. and my daughter, we high energy. It's very funny. She's hilarious. <laughs> um, and we just want to do something different, you know? What sign is your daughter? She's a Gemini. Oh, that's she's into conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I study the signs and horoscopes a lot. Oh, like I'm really big on the planets. And what are, what's like yours? That. I'm actually a cancer. You're a cancer. Yeah, the best sign in the world. Oh, but you're so tender no, and no. so insular, though. You're very family oriented, but yeah. cancer can hold a lot of stuff in. Yeah, we're strong. Yeah, yeah, we're you're strong. strong yeah, but we're, we're I, I never, I never said that you we're crazy. Right. We got crazy side. But but I think that <laughs> when you're hurt or offended, you can hold some things in like that's what makes us crazy. You know, the most serial killers are Earth. <laughs> you know, most, look it up. Most serial killers are cancers. <laughs> but I'm well rounded. My mental strong. I'm good. Don't, don't take me on the other side. I might snap out. But oh my god, but, you are too but much. Yeah, we good. We good. You know, I, I am so cancer. happy to have you here today. I really, really am interested in hearing more about. The podcast, I want to chime into that. Cool. Uh, and I just, you know, I'd love to come and, and be a part of that conversation one That'd day. When you're talking politics, I want to come and chime oh, yeah, in on that. Yeah. I know yeah. a little bit about everything. And that comes from um, uh, just being in the barbershop. And, you know, everybody talks about CNN, we talk about BT, we talk about religion, we're going to talk about everything, relationships. And I'm just so well versed in a lot of these things because of the great conversations I have with my clients over the years. You know, I've been in the shop for 30 years, so yeah. we talk about everything, and there's no holds barred because you can talk about anything. We don't have to be politically correct. Yeah. We don't worry about hurting nobody's feelings. Yeah. You know, we we tough skin. We come from that. Now, right. You know, nowadays you really can't say too much and hurt everybody. Well, you can. You know, right? I it's I such a balance. <laughs> uh, and you know what? There, there. I started a podcast called Hot Sauce. Where I was just going to go ahead, let my hair down, and let it all hang out. Right. But then I realized in some backdoor private conversations with some of the public servants, elected officials, yes, yes. that are my friends, they were like, well, Rochelle, you might not want to say that. If you're trying to do that. If you're trying to do that, you might not want to yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah. So I had to like round off hot sauce, and I'm just looking, actually, I'm looking for a co-host Someone who can say some things that yeah, I would yeah. like to say yeah, yeah. to work with me on that. Hopefully, I'll yeah. be bringing that out this year. That's hot good. sauce. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be Make great. some intelligent noise. I, I Hashtag like, hot sauce. I, I was there, too. I thought that even with Cuts Convo on Coffee, I was thinking, oh, let me do something at night because people ask me all stuff, all types of things, stuff about relationships. So, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to have to do a Cuts Convo and a cognac. 
it's very difficult to grab a hold of the truth and to and to digest it. But I'm not here to satisfy other people's ego. I am here to give it to you real and raw, like it really is. And that's the truth. So what I can say, my guests, I bring guests on uh, who can say those things. Yes. And so I appreciate you being That's good stuff. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. I feel better now about cussing a little bit. So. <laughs> so she's not going to say it, I'm going to say it. Right, right. Some things I just cannot say right. uh, because I do have a reputation. I That's do right. have friends I agree. Uh, from various different locations and, and, and seats that yeah. they sit in. So, you know, I don't want to be offensive. I'm going to tell the truth. You can bet that bottom dollar. There you go. Otherwise, I can't do this because then I would be discrediting myself. However, my truth has to be palpable. Yes. It has to be digestible yes. to people that in order to take it. Because uh, if I come right out and say some things that I want to say, Derek, I probably would not be on public radio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you got what you say, because now we live in the cancel culture, so you already know how that go. Everybody want to cancel you all. We don't mess with them yeah. no more. Yeah. Can't take pictures with them. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going it's, on. It's all political, though, and yeah. it really pisses me off, to be yeah. quite honest with you. That's true. But you are listening to WHGE. I'm Rochelle Wilson. I've got with me Derek D. Reed from His Image and a host of other various uh, companies and corporations. If you want to get in touch with him, you can go on Facebook Live for under Derek. Derek D. Reed. Okay. Yes. Or we can yeah. reach you. What's that other way for transportation? Easy. You know what? You can go to DerekDReed.com. You and just I mean? do it that way. DerekDReed.com. So you okay. Can yeah. So. Super cool. I'm going to play a little bit of my music and we'll be right back. Stay with us. We've got some more for you. I'm Rochelle Wilson here for Make Some Intelligent Noise. Oh my god. 
We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for staying tuned in. You are listening to WHGE 95.3 FM. I am your journalist and your hostess for this hour from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. every Saturday. You can count on Rochelle Wilson being here to give you the news and the commentary, my thoughts, my viewpoints, my perspective, and my opinion. WHGE is uh, no way, absolutely, uh, has any... Uh, association with my thoughts. They belong to me. They do not agree, nor do they disagree with WHGE. Just want to make sure that's very clear over the airwaves, all right? And a very big resounding shout out to the station manager, Mr. Harmon Carey, for bringing WHGE to the community. It is the one and only Black-owned, Black-operated news information source of education and uh, community activities and advocacy in the city of Wilmington, the state of Delaware. So bravo to Mr. Harmon Carey, uh, who is actually... I wanted to share something with you. All of the journalists here at the station uh, do have a little mailbox. And so, you know, because each of the journalists, we all have a different lane, a different formatting of what we do, uh, what we talk about on our show. Mr. Harmon Carey leaves various different messages in our mailbox. And something that he left for me, uh, I need to read it to you and share it with you in hopes, again, always, to motivate you, to inspire you, to be a part of the change that you want to see, right? So it's not rocket science. And uh, I just want to share this with you. This is in uh, a newspaper, actually, Delaware Online. So this is what was left in my mailbox by the station manager, Mr. Harmon Carey. And it reads as follows. President Biden, call on Governor John Carney to put diversity first on Delaware's courts in 2022. I challenge President Biden to give us hope for a brighter, more equitable future, beginning in the president's home state of Delaware. There will never be equal justice in America until our courts and legal system reflect our diversity. I call on President Biden to urge Delaware's leaders to follow the example that he set on the federal level of appointing diverse judges. No more talking. We need action. We need diverse courts now. And that was written and submitted by the Reverend Al Sharpton. Reverend Al Sharpton is challenging the President of the United States, Joe Biden, to let Delaware set the, set the record straight, set the precedence on a state level as he has done on a federal level by making sure that our courts are diverse. And I'll tell you, if you stayed with me for the first half of today's show, I had Derek Reed with me uh, from His Image, uh, Easy Transportation, and Trust, as well as his podcast, uh, Cuts, uh, Cuts, Convo, and Coffee. 
Okay, so we talked about the culture. Many of our judges that are still sitting on the bench, they are definitely older white men uh, who have been sitting there for a very, very, very long time. And the culture that they grew up in, the mindset that they have lived for the last 30, 40 years, it is time to alter that. We need diversity in order to have fair and equal justice across the board. I've always said it. Thank God Reverend Sharpton is saying it. Uh, great minds think alike. We must have diverse judges. It starts in our courtrooms. Massive incarceration will stop. It will stop when we have diverse judges younger judges who are of a, of a different culture and culture, okay? And when we have uh, black and Hispanic, uh, perhaps all different nationalities, when we have this sitting on our state levels, we will end massive incarceration of the black, brown, and golden man. This is a fact. And if you think that I'm just dovetailing off of Al Sharpton, please go back at least four to five years ago and listen to some of my reports where I have always said it starts with judges accountability. You want to stop over incarcerating and over sentencing black, brown and golden men. You have to have judges that are diverse. The judge that sentenced my son to 25 years of incarceration for a liquor store robbery. People who have committed murder, bombings, have not received that much time of incarceration. So why would he give that much time to my son? He didn't murder anyone. He didn't hurt anyone. He bullied the man, and bullying is not a nice thing to do, but does it deserve 25 years of incarceration? You're trying to take my son's whole life. You are attempting to take my son's life now. My son, from immediate uh, the moment that you look at him, you think of a Mandingo. He's 6'3", 200 and something pounds, a full man. Black young man. Babies ready to be born from his, for his posterity. The judge cut all of that off by telling us that he had to stay in prison for 25 years, which is why I started a movement. I knew nothing of the law, but I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. When I did the research on this particular judge, Judge T. Henley Graves, they call him affectionately amongst the lawyers in Georgetown Circle as the grave digger. There have been people that I've spoken with of political stature here in the city of Wilmington. The moment I say the name Gravedigger or T. Henley Graves, they run for the covers. Because this is an old white man who has affluence, influence, and power. And he did not like this little black boy standing in front of him at age 21, 22. He didn't like him. And I'm sure he had reasons, okay, that we could get into and have a debate about for the rest of, of the today's show. But whatever his reasons were, he showed 
how he was feeling about my son. I was in the court the day that my son was sentenced. And let me tell you conclusively, the young white boy who was in front of my son being sentenced for a, a grocery store robbery, he had walked into a grocery store and robbed it with a gun. The judge gave that white boy, blonde hair, blue eye, he gave him six years of incarceration, six years. The sentencing guideline tells us we are between five and eight years for a robbery, uh, you know, is if no one was hurt. No, no injuries, we're looking at five to eight years. My son did not even have a gun. He simply bullied the little old white man in the liquor store and the judge gave him 25 years. If we want fair and equitable justice across the board, ladies and gentlemen, you must know it starts in the courtrooms. It starts with the judges. It starts with diversity of judges. We need young ones. We need black, Hispanic. We need uh, from other cultures, other lifestyles, because judges need to understand the way we live in the city is different than how things take place in the country. Okay? So there is a difference. And I need folks to understand that. But if you are of the affluent, if you are of the upper echelon and you have always lived your life from an upper echelon perspective, what do you know? How can you relate to a young brother coming up in the hood trying to find baby diapers for his newborn baby? How could you possibly understand how could you possibly have any compassion if you've never struggled to feed your family as a young 21, 22-year-old black male in the hood, living in the hood in the best neighborhood that you can possibly make it, but it is what it is. My son would tell me on too many occasions, every day, mom, before I leave the house, I got to put on my gorilla suit just to walk outside to the mailbox. The psychology, I gotta put on a gorilla suit to walk to the mailbox. That's sad, ladies and gentlemen, but that's real. And my son said it, but I've heard other young people say it and brought it to my attention. Remember, I did 12 years as a high school and junior high school teacher. And I still see some of my babies today. They're all grown up now with families of their own or in college or working or doing whatever they do. But when they see Miss Rochelle, it's always a good feeling of energy. And we, we talk for a moment or two. We may have a diverse conversation. And I am sharing with you, if you've always lived in an affluent and influential, powerful position, you don't know what it is to get up every day and have to put on your gorilla suit just to walk to the mailbox. You don't know. And yet you sit on a bench as a judge 
and you judge me, but you do not know my story. You do not comprehend or feel my story, but you'll sit on a bench and you'll judge me for the infractions that I have called society, but not knowing my story. And as I've also said on more than one occasion over the years, every human being that stands in front of the judge has a backstory. They've got a story, ladies and gentlemen. They're standing there for a reason. And some of the most heinous, life-consuming crimes that have ever been committed in the history of America has been committed by white men. White men have committed the most atrocious, debaucherous, horrid, horrific crimes that this nation's history has ever recorded are for purposes of their own have left undocumented. But we know the story through our griots. And yet we live in a society where black, brown, and golden men, which is African descendant, uh, Moorish descendant, or Hispanic and Latin and Asian Manchurian brothers, those are the ones that fill America's prisons. And not even so much of our Asian Manchurian brother and sisters, brothers and sisters, because they have their own consul. They have their own tribunals in their own culture. When someone Asian kicks themselves uh, out of the community by creating an infraction, their own council deals with that. The Asian Manchurian brothers and sisters have a culture, a culture of their own, lawful and, uh, you know, unlawful, if you want to say it that way. So our prisons in America are loaded with shadow properties, cattle, shadow, cattle, shadow, cattle properties, that revenue in money and funding fiat via our federal government that pays 40 or plus thousand dollars per year to the state in our private industrial complex, prison industrial complexes, they're private, they're making money because the judges are sending, sending black men and a, uh, Hispanic Latin men into the prisons for a profit. It is prison for profit because the judge has a working professional golf playing relationship with the warden at these private industrial complexes. Come on, people. You and I know the truth. Nobody wants to say it out loud and I have to be censored. I have to be censored in how much I can say because of my political 
affiliations. Because my son is being held captive in the prison, we wouldn't want anyone to make a phone call and all of a sudden there's an accident. So I have to be mindful of how I present the truth. But I know the truth. And if you catch me on the street when I'm not behind the airwaves, as a general, as a warrior on the airwaves, catch me in the street and I'll give you the whole story. Things I'm not allowed to talk about, I'm censored. I'm censored on certain topics, but catch me in the street and I'll give you the statistical data that you are looking for and I'll give you the whole story. But I'm telling you enough that you can research this information and find out for yourself. To all of my affluent, influential, and powerful folks that sit up in the big houses and on the benches, I know your number. I know who you really are. I know how you're playing the good old boy game. And see, my son was uh, sentenced and incarcerated in Georgetown, Delaware, where the good old boys still sit at the country clubs and talk about hanging strange fruit from the trees. The trees now have bars and center blocks for walls. So they're hanging strange fruit. And if you don't know what that means, you're going to have to do a little research on that. It's a song. Strange fruit hanging from the trees. Go find out what that means. Because I can't tell you on the radio. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. We now convert that 2021, 22 as black men incarcerated in prison for profit because the judge has relationships. So ladies and gentlemen, I support Al Sharpton for this amazing and, and actually gave him an entire, uh, an entire page. For those of you on my Facebook page, you may be able to see it. However, if you're listening to me on my Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and iHeart podcast, then I can only wrinkle the paper so you can hear it and know that it's a full-page ad from Al Sharpton to President Joe Biden calling on Governor Carney to put diversity in Delaware's courts. And that is something I advocate for. I support that. And I pray that you will as well. I pray you'll support it as well. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM. Uh, we are the one and only Black-owned, Black-operated news information station in the city of Wilmington, the state of Delaware. <coughs> Thanks to Harmon Carey. 
I've been talking and chit-chatting. I have dry mouth uh, from not having my water or my smoothie. <coughs> Please pardon me. Uh, so I'm just a little bit dry right now. And uh, trust me, if you've never had to sit in front of a microphone uh, and chit-chat, and disseminate information for one hour straight, uh, then you don't know what it is to walk in my shoes. You gotta know what it is to walk in my shoes before you judge me. Because guess what? I've got a story. Just like every human being that stands in front of the judge in America's courtrooms, they've got a story, a backstory. What put them there in the first place? Instead of being so quick to make a profit and, and cohort with your buddies over at the prison industrial complex, sending everyone to jail, why don't we take a closer look at the mental trauma informed, the emotional trauma informed? What made them do what they did? Did the judge ever ask my son, Justin, why did you rob this liquor store? No, he never asked Justin, but had he? The answer would have been simple. I didn't have the money to buy the diapers for my newborn son. Would that have mattered had the judge known that? I can't say. It seems to me I sat in that courtroom. I looked at uh, the judge, T. Henley Graves, and by the look that I could tell in his eyes, he was dead set, dead set on sending my son to prison for as long as he possibly could. And now, working with the powers that be, that have the authority to sign the paper and release my son because he was over-sentenced, those people, and I will not say their name, but those people that have the power to release him, <laughs> I'm having quite a bit of time receiving an email, return email from them. I'll just say it like that. I'm sending the emails. I'm sending the messages. Haven't got a response back from the people that have the power to release Justin today. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This much I assure you, I promise you, Every dog has its day. Everybody gets a turn. And as I continue and will continue to send those emails, the day will come when something greater and more divine and more powerful than myself or the recipient of those emails will step in, will intercede, and will see to it that touches the heart of the king and my son's paperwork for commutation will be signed and my son will be released immediately. It's only a matter of time. It's just a matter of time, but I have no fret and no fear for I trust and have faith. The faith of a mustard seed. I have faith that that which is greater and more divine and more powerful than all of us, that one divine spiritual energy 
will touch the heart of the king or queen, and they will pick up their pen as an elected public servant, knowing that Justin should not have been incarcerated for 25 years. And this year, ladies and gentlemen, this year, but by the grace of that divine, more powerful spiritual energy, they will sign those papers and Justin will be home this year. The chief executive officer for Make Some Intelligent Noise, Justin Wilson, my son, will be home this year. I declare it. I decree it. I proclaim it from the rooftops. This is the year that righteousness will prevail over the evil. The evil that put him in, righteousness will prevail. And the very people who shunned away from the name T. Henley Graves will now boldly stand up and say, release him. Set Justin Wilson free immediately in this moment because it's the right thing to do. I'm Rochelle Wilson. That's my hour. That's my declaration, my decree, and my proclamation that I am claiming on this, the eighth day of January, eight days into the new year, I'm proclaiming this is the year that Justin will sit with me at this radio station and say hello to the people. Thank you for tuning in. I love you. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And remember, always remember, WHGE is here for you. We are here to inform you, to educate you, to uplift you and inspire you. So keep us tuned in. We love being a part of your world. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Until we meet again, Godspeed.